Every year on the second Sunday of Lent, we have the Gospel reading from St. Matthew and chapter 15. It's the encounter that our Lord would have while in the land of the Canaanites with a Canaanite woman whose daughter was possessed by a demonic spirit. And she's in agony over her daughter's situation and pain and suffering. And she comes to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now all of us know both the beginning and the end of this narrative. My friends, what's important for us to see in this gospel reading is not just the woman coming to Christ and Christ grants her what her desire is, which is her, the freedom for her daughter from the demon possession, but also her own relief from the suffering of her daughter. God certainly grants this in our Lord Jesus Christ. But what our Lord wants us to note is the process, the relational process that our Lord would take this blessed woman through that would ready her to receive him and her healing. Because the process, if we look at it and see what the church says about it, we find this process happening in our own lives in times of suffering more often than not. So let's attend to some of the truths here. So this woman, in agony over the condition of her daughter, she comes before our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to remember something before we go any further. Remember how the Hebrew people thought about the Canaanites. They were less than human in the eyes of the Jews. In fact, more animal than human. And this Canaanite woman goes before our Lord Jesus Christ and we're told that she cries out to him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And when it says she cries out, the gospel writer Matthew, you need to know the word she's using, she, he's using for cries out. It is a shrieking out of the voice. It is a screaming toward the Lord in desperation. Have you heard someone shriek or scream in agony and suffering, wanting relief? This is how she comes before the Lord, crying out, Have mercy on me, my daughter is demon-possessed. And you know, when you look at every response our Lord Jesus Christ comes to those who are suffering, when they bring their suffering to Him, he, we told always, He's filled with compassion, and from that compassion is then moved to act on their behalf. This woman comes shrieking, crying out for mercy in great pain and turmoil and suffering. And you might be shocked at what our Lord does. He ignores her. Nothing. What is this? I'm going to tell you to me, and oftentimes when we look at Holy Scripture, we don't put ourselves in real time. We glance over stories as if they're just historical stories. These things happen. And in real time, this woman comes shrieking for mercy, and Jesus completely ignores her. What indifference this looks like. What lack of care, lack of the compassion that we're so used to seeing from our Lord Jesus Christ. And so not getting any response from Jesus, she turns to his disciples. And with the same screaming and shrieking cry for mercy and agony, she goes to them. And the disciples go to Jesus with this and say, Lord, send her away. For she cries out, she's screaming out after us. And lest you think that the disciples were not filled with compassion 
in asking the Lord to send her away, you would be so wrong. The opposite is true. In fact, St. Epiphanius, in the, thirds, in the 300s, he said the disciples were filled with mercy and moved with mercy and compassion and were pleading with the Lord. I have been in situations like these. I could, when I say that, my mind goes to a number of hospital experiences that I've had, whether with parishioners or hearing the sufferings of others in a hospital where someone is crying out in agony or I'm watching one of my parishioners or one of their children struggle for their life. And everything in me is screaming, Jesus, do something because I can't deal with this. This pain is too much for me to take. Do something, and that is exactly what's going on in the disciples. They are so moved with the pain of this woman. What they're basically saying is, Lord, send her away if you're not going to do anything, because we can't handle this. You see? This is the disciples. And now Jesus responds to his disciples, but you might be surprised at what he says. He says, I wasn't sent to the Canaanites. I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. What's he saying? I didn't come for her people. It's exactly what he's saying. The disciples heard this. You don't think they were puzzled? Based on everything they'd seen from their Lord? But he still does nothing. Let's continue. But now the woman turns to Jesus. And this time she turns to Jesus differently. For we're told in the scripture that she came to him and worshipped him. And that word worship means she fell prostrate before him. She came and she worshipped him, but listen to what she asks. She came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. You see, first she was shrieking after the pain in herself and that her daughter's suffering was going through. But now she falls on her face before Christ and asks for mercy for herself. Lord, come. And suffer me. Relieve me of this pain that I'm having over the condition of my daughter. And once again I tell you, our Lord Jesus Christ's response should stun you. If it's in real time. For our Lord Jesus Christ says this. It is not good. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dog. This blessed woman in pain over her daughter and now revealing her own pain that she wants his assistant and needs his assistance with. Now Jesus takes the disposition of his people the way that they looked at the Canaanites thinking they're less than human and she calls her and her people dogs. This would be a good point in the story to remind us of a truth. We'll revisit this in a moment. A truth from St. Paul in Romans chapter 11, when he says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who can become his counselor? Now, if you and I are honest with ourselves and going in time with this story, We've been judging our Lord. I would not have behaved like that. Lord, I've seen you not behave like that in the past. Why are you acting like this? 
Why are you showing indifference and cruelty to this woman who's coming before you so wrenched in pain over her own pain and the pain over her daughter's condition? Who can know the mind of the Lord? Who is it that knows his ways? Do you know how to save this woman? Do I? Do we know how to save ourselves? Let's remember that, but continue. Because now having been called and belittled by our Lord, called a dog and her people dogs, listen to her response. I'm shocked she hasn't run away by now. But she hasn't. She says, yes, Lord. True. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. All of the church fathers, our Lord Jesus Christ, would have us attend to this blessed woman's humility that's now before everyone and before the Lord Jesus Christ. Something has changed and has been changing through this process in her heart, in her soul. Somehow the very actions that the Lord has been doing, indifferent and rude and cruel as they seem, she, had, she kept coming, and as she kept coming, did you not notice that she kept changing and evolving? In fact, she has now taken on, we hear, and we see with the disposition, the posture, the humility of the publican, who knew he wasn't worthy to go before God, who, know, who knew he didn't deserve anything from the hand of his table, but nonetheless he went before God. And he fell down before God, prostrate, not looking up into heaven, and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner, beating his breast. You see that humility in this blessed woman? It's a humility that we need to note. And now hear our Lord respond to the now fertile soil of the soul of this blessed woman. Because now Jesus answered her and says before everyone, O woman, Great is your faith. Notice what he called her. We've gone from dog to woman. He calls her that which he created her to be. And he himself is fulfilling in the sight of all. To be true woman as she was created to be in that very hour. And says, her daughter, and says, thy desire be done. Her daughter was healed and her pain relieved by the healing. I want you all to hear this. Absolutely everything that our Lord Jesus Christ did in this relational discourse and progression, absolutely everything that he did, ignoring her, saying that he wasn't sent to her people, <clears throat> calling her less than human a dog, Everything he did was to till the soil of her soul until it was truly ready where he could plant himself therein. Everything he did was measured in wisdom. Everything he did knew the heart of this woman for he created her. He knew the brokenness that had to be broken up so that she could receive the king of all. The sucker of all, the healer of all. This is what our Lord was doing. St. Augustine puts it this way when speaking of this. He says, she therefore cried out, eager to get help, and kept insisting, but she was ignored. Not that mercy might be denied, but that desire within her might be enkindled. 
Not only the desire might be enkindled, but as I said before, that humility might be praised. Only the one that created her, my friends, and her daughter knew how to set them free and to heal them. No one else around had a clue what he was doing, but he knew, and the result was made known. Look at the progression once more as we close. She starts by shrieking out, desperately crying out for mercy for her daughter. Christ ignores her and tells the disciples, I didn't come for her people. And this somehow moved her to fall before Christ our God in worship and bring her own pain to him, not just that of her daughter's. And so he calls Israel and his children and her people dogs. And now we see a blessed humility come forth. The humility we spoke about of the publican. Something that also sounds like what we pray all the time. Lord, I am not worthy to enter under thy roof. But speak the word only and my soul shall be healed. The healing took place. Do you see the progression? Our Lord in his love for her and her daughter had accomplished all that was needed so that he could give her what her heart really desired. And it was beyond healing and relief because what the heart really desired was the healer. And from receiving him, she now had the relief and the release of her daughter. How often in times of suffering, I can tell you many times in my own life, how often in times of suffering do we pray to God and wail out to God in our great suffering and we feel like the wailing bounces off the ceiling going nowhere? How many times in our lives when we feel like all of our prayers and our pain and frustration and because of our pain, our cluttered view of who God really is in the midst of all that suffering, how many times we feel like our prayers aren't being heard, we get frustrated, we get angry with God, maybe we press in further, maybe we run away. I know many people who when they're in great pain cry out to God. And because we have the disposition that God is the great gumball machine, that as soon as I pray, he's supposed to act on my behalf right there, not remembering that he's the only one that knows how to save me, I don't. And I could never come to the means by which to heal my soul. But he knows how to bring me every step of the way. But I have so many people, I've done this in the past, where we get so frustrated and tired of banging into God with our prayers that we run away and call it quits for a while. But note that this woman never does that. Not upon being ignored. Not upon being offended. She keeps pressing in to Christ. And I tell you this, my friends, in times of great suffering, that those that stay on the dance floor till the music's done of our suffering, hanging on to God, even it's by the very bottom of his garment, and clinging to him and pressing in to him, he is doing something always in our suffering for our salvation. And he will take that suffering, and not only will he redeem it, he will save us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.